on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists, say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today we have Q and AF. That's where you submit the questions, and we give you the AFs. Now, you can submit those questions a couple different ways. What's the first way, DJ? Guys, the first way you can submit those questions is by emailing them in to askandy at andyfrisella.com. The second way is uh, now that we're on YouTube, most of you guys listen on audio, but that's cool. If you go to YouTube and you hit subscribe and you drop your uh, questions in the comment section on the Q&AF episodes, we'll take some questions from there as well. Other times you tune in, if you're a new listener, we have shows within the show. Not every show is the same. We have today Q&AF, like I just explained, but other times we're going to have CTI. That stands for Cruise the Internet. That's where we put topics up on the screen. We talk about what may be true, what may not be true. We speculate about what's really going on. And then we talk about how we, the people, can be the solution to the problem. All right. Then we have real talk. Real talk is five to 20 minutes of me just giving you some real talk. And then we have full length, which is what you see on most other shows where people come in and we have a conversation. And then once in a while, we got one coming up for you here real soon. Uh, and we're going to continue these, you know, in perpetuity. Uh, 75 hard verses. Okay. That's where we bring people on who've completed Live Hard, 75 hard. We talk about their journey and uh, we let them tell their story because it inspires people to change their lives. So for all of these things that we do on the show, we have this thing we call the fee. The fee simply means please share the show. All right. We put a lot of time and effort into this show. Uh, I'm teaching you things that I could make a whole lot of money teaching other people. I give it to you for free. I don't run ads on the show. I don't run ads for the show. All I do is simply drive value into your brain. So if you did get value, and uh, you did benefit. You did learn a skill. It did make you laugh, think, have a new perspective. Please share the show. Okay, our message doesn't grow unless you share the show. And uh, a lot of you guys mention all the time about how everybody should be listening. And I agree. That's why we do the show. And I need your help. So if you think uh, the message needs to be heard by more people, please do your part and share the show. So that's what we mean when we say pay the fee. All right. What's up, man? How's it going? It's good. Yeah. Just watched my man Will Grumpy. Dude, who, that, that's by the crazy. Way, was on a 75 Hard Versus episode. What episode is that? We looked that up real quick. I just watched him on the parking lot run a mile with 100 pounds in eight minutes and 30 seconds. I don't know if it was actually 8.30, but it was 8.29 sub nine. It was right there yeah. within a second or two of 8.30. Unfucking real dude. Unreal. Unreal fucking human being. Let me ask you this. Dude's ran 100 miles, okay? He's, oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the, an insane human. The guy's, yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, though, Andy, right? Like, obviously, Will did not come out the womb fucking curling gallon jugs of milk, right? Like, <laughs> how, in your, in, your, in, in your opinion, right, when you look at shit like that, like, what's the equation? How did, how did Will get to that today, right? Like, what, what's the formula there? Commitment. He's been committed for the last, I mean, shit, I bet he's been here nine years, eight years. You know, I watched him come in our company as a minimum wage employee. I watched him work his way up, and now he's one of the main executives here at the company. He's 30 years old. Uh, fucking, I, I, he just pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and has built himself into this person. And it's, it's frustrating, I know, for Will, because we talked about it a bunch. It's frustrating for me, too. When people see him and they're like, 
oh, dude, he's just born that way. You're yeah. fucking insane. Like you said, he came out. Like nobody's coming out. Curling gallons of milk. No, right. this motherfucker came out eating ding-dongs and ho-hos, bro. Go look at his pictures when he grew up. Mm. He was fat. He grew up fat. He got bullied. He got made fun of. He was a fat kid. He was fat young adult. He was a pudgy dude when he came here. All right? And he's just built himself into this beast. And it, it's frustrating when people think that he just like, is that way it's yeah. like it's like kind of like that story i tell about my guitar teacher yeah, yeah, yeah. you know where where i talked to him uh it, it, matthew and i was like man you're so talented and he looked at me like with like a death stare disgust yeah, yeah. he was pissed when i said it and at first i was like damn dude because like this guy's real chill joe knows him real chill real chill cool ass dude he looked at me with like a like a death look and i'm like oh shit he's like dude i've been playing guitar longer than you've been alive yeah and i'm like Oh, I got it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And then we should always be very careful to make judgments about where people are because most exceptional people, most people that are doing these things that you look at and you're like, holy shit, they started out just like you. You just didn't see that part. Mm -hmm. You just didn't get to see it. You're seeing the end result. Yeah. You're not seeing the countless days of waking up at 4 a.m. training hard. Bro, that motherfucker gets up at 3 o'clock every day. Every day. I, I don't know a single person that works harder than that guy. Yeah. Not a single person. Yeah. Not a single person. It's it's truly inspiring. And seeing him do that, seeing him do that that mile just now, like this guy's going out doing shit that people would kill to do once in their life on his fucking lunch break. Right. Yeah, he's dude, he's over in his office. He's back in, he's his, back office in his office. Working. Working. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just dude, it's just cool to be a part of this company, man. Yeah. Like being around these kind of people, because like there's a number of people in this building that do ridiculous stuff all the time. 50 miles, 100 miles, 24 hour runs. Um, I mean, dude, just you name it. It's getting done around here and it's getting done by not just like one person. It's getting done by like a big portion of the team. It's, it's really fucking special to be Some a part inspiring of it. shit. Yeah, man. It makes me grateful, dude. Like yeah. it really does. And as frustrating as business can get sometimes. I couldn't imagine doing it with another group, uh, another group of these kind of like. You, you no know one if you're going into war, you're taking these. Oh fuck, no yeah. doubt, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. It's yeah. it's just really cool, man. I love that, man. I love it. Episode one seventy six. Okay, so go listen to episode one seventy six. Uh, that's Will seventy five hard versus Will Grumke. Okay, I think it's one of the best episodes we ever did. So, and you guys should follow that dude. He's got a YouTube channel now. You should follow him. You should listen to every motherfucking thing he says. Because he, I've watched him do it. I've watched him do it. Yeah. He came in here, minimum wage dude, pretty chubby, young kid, didn't know too much, and has built himself into a bad-ass human being all the way around. And by the way, he's probably the nicest and best dude in this building, too, which is like, there's not a I've never seen Will had a bad day. No, <laughs> no, he has him. He just controls himself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's something I admire about him. Yeah. That's something I need to work on. Yeah. You know, every time I see him, he's got a smile on his face, ready to any and anything you need. I know, bro. Yeah. He's a fucking awesome dude. So anyway, I love it, man. Well, yeah. it is Q and A, guys, and uh, I got something else to shocking. What's that? I got some good ones for you. Oh, <laughs> DJ's got some good ones. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's let's get into these. Let's lock these out, guys. Andy, question number one. Andy, I'm in the beauty industry. It seems like most people in my area they're raising their prices. Artists uh, who are newer than me are charging more than I am. You previously mentioned not raising prices in a recession economy that we're in if you don't have to. 
Uh, and that has been my mindset. I'm starting to wonder, though, if I'm giving myself less value for charging less or am I just staying competitive? How do you look at this? Is there a better option? Well, the first thing to understand is that most prices are not going to come back down. Okay. The market is fundamentally changed now because there's been so many trillions of extra dollars that have been printed that the actual value of things cost more, even though it's not more. And so there's an acclimation period to this massive influx, uh, which we call inflation, but an influx of money that creates a situation where this same water that was $2 a year ago is now $3, but it still feels like $2 because there's more money in the market. Yeah. There's no more water in that bottle. It's Correct. Not, yeah. Gotcha. So it's a perception that takes time for the economy to adjust to where you really get in trouble is when it starts to hyperinflate. And that's where that could happen here. But in terms of raising your prices right now, I feel like we're in a situation where people are starting to understand that things are costing more. And I don't think you're going to hurt yourself by raising your prices to at least reflect the amount of inflation we have, which is more or less around 10%. Okay. So you have to adjust with the market to maintain the prof the proper profitability so that you could stay in business. And then that way, because what happens if you don't, as a, you know, you're in the beauty industry, I'm, I assume you're doing hair and things like that. Um, maybe selling those kind of goods or whatever, right? You're in a situation where if you don't adjust that margin, that means that you are going to feel the cut in the value on your own life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's an acclimation period. I think most, I mean, most Americans by this point are understanding like shit just costs more money. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, we've got a government that's running wild that decides they can do this as much as they want. And, you know, and they still take our tax, which is totally messed up. You know, if they could print money whenever they want, why are they taking half of ours? Right. I think that's a relevant question that we all need to ask. But um, at the end of the day, man, you have to run a business. And a lot of people put themselves out of business because they're afraid to raise prices when it's required. Mm. So the reason that I recommend keeping your prices the same in the beginning is because when everybody else raises your price, they're going to start looking, the, the consumer behavior is to look for the cheaper option because they're not acclimated to the things actually costing more. Does that make sense? You yeah, follow what I'm saying? Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. So at first they're panicking. They're like, fuck, cheap, I got to find the cheaper thing. That's when you benefit from keeping your prices low. But when everybody else has raised them, you're actually hurting yourself by not raising with the market. Yeah. So well, I mean, because she's, I'm sure, you know, the price of hair gel, all that stuff is raising up too, right? Yeah, so she's sure. paying more. You can't put owner. yourself out of business, dude. Right. It's right. reality. Like it's a math equation. You have to make a certain amount of margin. That's what it is. And every business is beholden to that or they go out of business. Hmm. So just understand your situation is not unique. I wouldn't fear it. I wouldn't stress out over it. I would just do it. And you're going to have three or four people that are going to say some stuff. And, you know, the reality is, is anywhere they go, there's going to be 10% more cost. Yeah. That's just what it is. And, and the companies that don't raise their price, those companies are going to be in a race to the bottom and they will hurt their company, potentially put their company out of business by not adjusting in the market, thinking that they're going to capture all the customers. I'm just going to tell you, no matter how good you are, no matter how cheap you are, no matter how well known you are, can never capture all the customers. So it's a failed strategy. A lot of people think I can be cheap, 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 cheap. And then eventually I'll get all the customers and I'll raise the price. But here's the problem with that. You're training your customers to shop with you on exclusively only price. So the minute that you adjust price, your customers run away. 
All right. So it's a, it's a flawed thinking. It, it doesn't work. It's not good for a brand. It's not good for a business. Um, and it, it doesn't work mathematically. So I would say that where we are right now, at least at this point in time, like today, everywhere I go, shit's more expensive. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go to eat, it's more expensive. Every business that I'm involved in, cost of goods has gone up and we've had to raise prices and customers, you know, generally understand. Yeah. But but let me ask you this though, right? Like the only reason the the customers would understand, but more more importantly, accept the the price raise is because that good or service is fucking exceptional, right? So like, would that would you tell her like that should be the focus, like making sure that that product or that service that you're supplying is the best it possibly can yeah, be? Yeah, I mean that's a fundamental goal of business. I mean, I per, it depends. It depends on where you're going to play. Yeah. Okay. There's three levels of business that you can play in. There's good, better, and best. Okay, you could be good, which really is the cheap option. Okay, you could be better, which is, you know, you got McDonald's, which is the cheapest burger. You got five five guys, which is the better burger. That's what they call the whole concept. And then you got Twisted Tree, right. best fucking burger you can get. Okay, <laughs> and or Billy G's. I'm not going to slight my homies. All right, <laughs> and you're going to get a gourmet burger. Okay, so it's good, better, best. And you have to make a decision about which category your brand is going to be in. And you have to operate in that category. I personally like to operate in the best category because I am a best category consumer myself. I want the best. And specifically for what we do, which is consumable goods, I, when I go to consume things, I want them to be the best. I'm putting them on my body. Okay? So we work to be the best there. Um, that It costs more to be the best. It costs more to be better. It costs the least amount to be best. But the cool thing about deciding where you are and playing in it is when you understand where the customer is, you don't piss them off by doing dumb shit. All right. So like if you're the cheap option, okay, you have to understand it. That's why the customers are there. And that's where price will fuck you, especially in this kind of situation where it's volatile in the economy. If you're a better category of a little bit more stability, if you're a best category, it almost insulates you from recessions because the people have to have money to shop with you anyway. Mm. Okay, so I like best category options. When I build a company, I try to, if I can, move ourselves into the best category and then work really hard to maintain that standard and actually be the best. And that takes constant improvement, constant involvement, constant learning. It's a different process, um, but I'm more comfortable with it. And I think it's better for your brand. if you understand how to play it. Yeah, but there's opportunities for all. I think the cool thing about being in the best category is what is that you are definitely more stable through price volatility in the economy. Because dude, like if you're selling, like Ferrari's still selling the same amount of Ferraris, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, cause right. the people that can afford them aren't fucking get hurt by what's going on. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's what we have to think about. Yeah, I love that. Uh, guys, Andy, question number two. Uh, Andy, my fiance and I own a tattoo shop in Ohio. I try to handle the social media accounts, including his personal Instagram, our shop Instagram, shop Facebook page, along with our email and phones as well. We do not post much anymore due to being so busy. It doesn't cross our minds as much. And I think we should post more to get more engagement. Do you find using social media to be that important for small businesses? Uh, we're growing at a fast pace, uh, as, it, uh, as is without much engagement online. Do you think I should put extra effort towards it, or should I just focus on the business, uh, reinvesting in the day-to-day activities of the business? 
there's a lot to that question. Um, the number one priority is creating an experience and a product that, that a story is told about. That's the number one thing. Your, your business of tattooing is going to grow based off word of mouth just by the nature of what tattooing is. Um, should you be using Instagram? Should you be using these platforms? I would say yes, because it's free and it allows you to tell, even if it's 10 people, that's 10 more people that you didn't have or told anything to, right? So those all add up over time. Um, I think a lot of businesses get so heavy into their social media initiatives that they forget about the real thing that matters, which is the customer experience and the product solving the problem in a way that is sneezable, meaning that customers will tell a story about it. Mm. So it's kind of like looking at it in two different ways, okay? You have your full offense, which is your advertising, which is how you get new leads. And then you have your ability to replicate word of mouth based upon the ability to deliver an experience that is worth talking about. And so in tattooing specifically, right? Like the quality of the tattoo matters, but also it goes back into the branding thing I just talked about in the last question. There is good, better, and best tattoos. For sure. All right? So it just depends on where you are. Like my, my tattoo artist, Eric Marcinizen, he does entire, it works entirely off word of mouth. All right. Now he has an Instagram. He hasn't posted on it in years and years and years. But his shit is so good that people know who he is. Stories are told about him and he stays busy as much as he wants to be. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do anything. All right. And also there is something to be said for creating scarcity and unavailability. All right. So you going out and posting four times a day creates a feeling of desperation. Whereas you posting once a month creates more of a feeling of exclusivity and you have to decide what that right balance is for you. All right. Um, well, what, what would separate that? Like if, if you're putting that out there and you, you know, you're okay, you get a hundred new leads, but you ain't got, if you can't enough. fulfill them, what difference does it make? Right. And the other thing too. So here's another way to look at it. And this is how I would personally look at it. I would look at it like, okay, well, what, what else could I sell? What could I do if I, if I ran my social and we did it consistently, I'm already booked because I'm trading time for money, right? We're trading a service. There's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. All right. So your only option to make more money is to raise prices if you're booked out. So if you could go out and get a whole bunch of leads based upon this amazing work that allows you to be booked out for a year straight, you should do it and you should figure out something else to sell these people. Maybe it's something like tattoo butter. Maybe it's something like tattoo aftercare. Maybe it's mm. something else. Maybe it's something else that people who are into tattoos would also be into. But what you're doing by displaying this tattoo work that is obviously high quality because you're so booked based off of people just talking about it is you're building a list of leads that are now interested at least somewhat in what it is you're trying to do. And if you could find some ancillary supportive products to sell, now you have a new revenue stream that's not based upon just trading your time for money. Right. All right. So that's how I would look at it. Right. Then that, that's in. So that I've, means do social media. Yeah. Okay. And then collect the, build the following and then use the following to market something else. And then this is what's called vertically integrated. Like is that, that is what vertical integration is. No, not really. Vertical integration. This is just ancillary offerings. Gotcha. So complementary offerings. Vertical integration would be like how we run our companies, where I own the stores that they're sold in. I own the products that are made. I own some of the places the ingredients come from, down to 
some of the farms that some of our ingredients come from. Mm. All right. So we own a piece of the process all the way from the farm all the way to our stores where we sell it. That's vertical integration. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Got it. So it's a different concept, S- similar thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but different. Gotcha. Makes sense. I like it. Do you think? Do you think? I mean, you. I guess you kind of answered. So I mean, because when the social media thing came, a lot of businesses jumped on it. But you, you're you're stressing on the importance of not putting too much focus on the social media, but make sure making sure you're building the experience part on the back end. Well, that's important. So the reason the experience and and the solving of the problem, because the reason I say solving of the problem is because that's why businesses exist. When you ask most people, hey, why? What's the point of a business? They say this exact same thing. They say to make money. The point of a business is not to make money. The making money is the byproduct of the problem that you're solving and how well that you solve it. And most, most importantly, do you solve it in a way that people talk about? Okay, because people only really buy from word of mouth. I know people think that they buy from ads and they do. Okay, I know think people think that they buy from, you know, uh, basically everything that would fall into the idea of advertising. But advertising is more about awareness than it is about conversion. And actually what converts the most is word of mouth. This is why in most great ad campaigns, it's testimonials. Mm. All right. So when you think about why you buy shit, you might see The Rock wear some shit, right? And you're like, fuck, that's cool. But you won't really buy it until you see your buddy wearing it too. And you say, hey, is that shit really that cool? And he's like, fuck yeah. And then you buy it. Mm. All right. So that's how it works with the human psyche. It just happened to me. Well, listen, (laughs) so, so, so having the process of the experience in place is the most important thing. And people usually put that last when it should come first, because here's the thing. When you go out and spend a ton of money on ads or social media presence or all these things to get new leads, they come in and buy. If they buy from your, your company or your service, whatever it is, and they get a terrible experience, we live in this, in this uh, ecosystem now of social media where people can tell every single person they've ever met from kindergarten to now what they thought of this particular thing. So if you go out and spend doing a heavy ad spend and you don't have the ability to fulfill and create the experience, you're never going to collect customers and accumulate uh, customers at mass. So it becomes a flow through business. Customer comes in, customer goes out. And no matter how, many, how much you guys think, there are a limited amount of customers. So the best way is, um, well, the only way is, is to build that first part, the, the retention part, the part that's going to get people to talk about it, the experience part, and then pump ad, ad leads into it. Once you got that system built. Yeah, and if yeah. you don't have, it's like holes in a bucket. The way yeah. I explain it is like holes in a bucket, okay? You have a bucket, all right? And inside this bucket, you're trying to fill with customers. And most companies, when they start up, they don't really know what they're doing. So there's naturally some holes in the bucket, all right? So what do they think? They think we need more customers. They think that's the problem. The problem isn't that you need more customers, bro. The problem is that you need to keep the customers that you're getting and you need them to go talk about how great of a fucking company you are, okay? So what people do is they go spend a ton of ad revenue to put people in the bucket when it's still got holes in it. The customer goes in and comes out and on the other side, the customer comes out and says negative things about your business, which only speeds the demise of your business. Puts more holes in them. That's correct. So, So what you have to do is build your bucket and get as many of those holes plugged as you can to start and then your customers, when you turn on the ads, they will tell you where the other holes are. And if you pay attention, you can patch those too. And then all of a sudden, the level of customers in your bucket starts to rise. All right, now you got something going because now you're creating a situation where you have critical mass on word of mouth, which spreads, which helps your brand grow. 
This is how you build a brand. This is how you build a real business. Most people out here right now are trained on e-com techniques or funnels or value ladders or all these things, which are super valuable, but nobody really talks about outside of me actually fucking keeping them and building an amazing brand with them. So a lot of you young bucks are missing the whole fucking point because you're, 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 this is why you have to switch things. This is why you continue to have to switch things. The reason you have to continue to go from widget to widget to widget to widget to widget is because you're not able to collect the customers because you're not actually providing them what you're promising them. So this is common sense. Give them what the fuck you promise. Give them more than you promise. All right. And they will go out and market your shit for you. They'll tell everybody how great you are and your level of customers will go up. And when your level of customers goes up, they all talk to each other. And now you have this big conversation happening all over the internet and in the world that's driving people to your business. It's a huge deal to understand this concept. It's really everything. Dude. Change your fucking life if you're a business person. Love that, man. Build, build the product. Build the experience. Solve the customer's problem. Once you're good at that, and, and really good to the point where when they shop with you, they should be saying, holy shit, this is amazing. Once you get to that point, that's where you start to dump ads. in. Mm, I love it. I love it. Guys, Andy, our third and final question. By the way, this is what we do in Arte Syndicate all fucking day long. Okay. I'm going to plug it because it's valuable. Yeah. We talk about those kind of things in Arte Syndicate. I teach you every fucking thing I know. On this show, you're getting, a, you're getting the fucking tip, bro. Yeah. Okay? I know a few things, <laughs> all right? And I'm just telling you, if you're interested in your young entrepreneur, fuck all these fucking hacks that you keep spending your money on. Invest your money in joining a fucking group that actually is filled with real entrepreneurs that are actually doing real shit in real life that help each other, push each other, pick each other up, push each other down the road and help win together, okay? So you have a network of highly qualified, uh, real people who are doing things, and you learn from real people who are doing, who have done real shit, mm -hmm. all right? It's, it is what it is, man. Yeah. And Arto, you're gonna learn how to plug those buckets. A, a, yeah, every like, single one step. of them. In step, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, and I only know that, I'm not in Arte, but obviously I'm, I'm there yeah. for the talk. I'm, it's real shit, man. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different depth of knowledge. And yeah. in fact, if I, if I were to do a podcast on this one topic, a whole podcast, it would be eight hours long. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot that I know and there's a lot that I can share. And we do that level of content in Arte. Everybody always does. So like, what's the difference between Q and AF and Arte? A fucking whole lot. Shit ton, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, but guys, Andy, our third and final question. Question number three. ArteSyndicate.com too, by the way. Shameless. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, I, listen. People need it. No, it's, it's real. Uh, guys, Andy, our third and final question. Question number three, Andy. Andy, I am completely inspired the fuck out. I go through these phases of getting really inspired to do amazing things and conquer the world, but then three months later, I fall back from the plans and become miserable again. I'm constantly seeing these young people run circles around me with their success. I'm 34, by the way. Uh, it's all over social media, and I've noticed that I've actually done this countless of times throughout my life, and I truly can't figure out why I keep stopping and what it is that they have that I don't. Can you help me figure this out? Could be a couple things. How do you know they're actually telling you the truth? How do you know all these people that are telling you how successful they are are actually telling you the truth? How do you know? 
because they got a Lamborghini? No. Okay. Can you order their product? Can you go to their headquarters? Can you go see what the fuck they do? Can you buy their product in, the, in your stores? Can you, like... Drug dealers look successful. That's right. All right? So, first of all, remember this. Every single motherfucker out there right, right now is trying to pretend to be as successful as they can because they're trying to sell you some sort of coaching bullshit, which they are not qualified to fucking sell you. Okay? Because they haven't done it for 25 fucking years. All right? So, remember that when you get in these negative mindsets. The second thing I would say that I think is a problem for this person is that you are, the way you phrase your question, you believe that you have to be inspired. You don't have to be fucking inspired. It's not a requirement. You know what's required? Being disciplined. Doing shit when you don't feel like doing it. That's what discipline is all about. Okay, so I would say the, the reality of the situation is you're valuing the wrong things. You're valuing that magical feeling of inspiration and that momentum that you quote unquote catch, which is actually created by our own actions or the feeling of being motivated. You're valuing those things. You're not understanding that it's actually discipline that's going to push you through. Do you think I fucking feel inspired every fucking day I get up, bro? You're fucking insane. There's at least two days a month where I have to go home and go to bed for the whole fucking day because I hate it so much. Is that true or not true? Okay. So I'm not fucking inspired either. And the fact that you think that everybody else is out here successful because they're inspired is an insult to the own discipline that they've manufactured by doing hard shit when they didn't fucking feel like it. All right, so let's be real about this, motherfucker. The reason that you ain't where the fuck you want to be is because you don't have the discipline levels that you actually need to have, and you need to go fucking build them. That's what you need to do. I don't want to hear no bullshit about your inspiration or your motivation, or I don't feel like fucking doing it, bro. Every motherfucking day I get here, I don't feel like fucking doing this. I've been doing this for 24 years. You fucking think I'm inspired every fucking day? You're fucking insane, bro. You're looking at it the wrong way, completely the wrong way. Go do live hard, do it for a fucking year, and it'll fix this problem for you. And you'll be able to endure. You'll be able to press through. You'll be able to get through these times. I just did a post on this this morning when I was out doing my cardio. Your mood, your feelings are fucking irrelevant. Your life is going to be created by the results of the actions you take, not by the mood that you're in when you take them. This is reality. This is the thing that you must understand. If you do not understand this, you will constantly go up. You will constantly go down. You will go up and you'll go down. You need discipline. And if you listen to the show, you should already fucking know it. That's why I created Live Hard. Go fucking do it. 208. Do the whole thing. Write me back in a fucking year and let me know the difference. Because I can promise you it'll fix your fucking problem. It fucking irritates me, dude. Because what it's saying is, oh, you must be motivated. All It must be easier for you. It must be great. It must be so simple. Bro, I kill my fucking self for this shit. And every other motherfucker that's actually doing real shit does too. That's reality. They fucking pay a lot to be where they are. And you insult them when you think that it's because they're motivated or they have some sort of inspiration. I'm inspired, I'm inspired a fucking hour a fucking week. Okay? When I see a motherfucker run for fucking a mile in eight and a half minutes with a hundred fucking pounds on him that I know used to be a fat fuck, that inspires me for about a fucking hour. And then it comes back to reality. And I have to do shit I don't want to do because people depend on me and it's fucking important. So like, fuck, dude, grow the fuck up. That's my message to you. Grow the fuck up. It's fucking discipline. Get fucking tougher. Fucking tired of hearing it. No, it's real shit. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I was like, fuck, you need, 
You, if you need inspiration right now, just log into your bank account. Yeah. Check that. Bro, the fact that you aren't where the fuck you want to be should be enough to get you off your fucking ass moving towards, oh, I'm no fucking inspired. Bro, maybe you just don't have what the fuck it takes. You ever think of that? Yeah. That, that, that's a conversation nobody wants to have a lot. No, because entrepreneurship has been painted as this fucking ideal, great thing that everybody should be doing. It ain't for everybody. It costs a lot. You're going to trade a whole lot of your life. You're going to trade important things in your life to have that fucking life. Okay? You don't get to have this and that, motherfucker. You don't get the peanut butter and the jelly. You can fucking pick one. That's reality. That's the reality. Nobody wants to say it. You got all these fucking clowns all over the internet talking about balance. What have they built? It takes major fucking payment from your life to build important, great, big things that benefit other people. It's insulting to think that I'm motivated every day or that anyone else is too. It's fucking insulting. I pay a lot for this. And so does every other person that you actually look up to. They pay a fucking lot. Go out and build some discipline, bro. You're going to have to do a lot of shit you don't want to do to get where you want to go. That is how it works. There is no hack. There's no program. There's no $997 a month fucking AI hack that's going to get you there. You got to build it within yourself. And once you build yourself into that kind of weapon, now you have an advantage over everybody else because everybody else is just like you. They quit when they don't fucking feel like it. And if you become the person who cannot quit no matter what, no matter how they feel, their shit gets done, you cannot be stopped. You guys do not listen to me on this. You cannot be stopped. How can you stop someone that gets their shit done regardless of what's going on in their life professionally? You cannot stop that person. They cannot be stopped. If you want to become that kind of person, which is required to build big, important, great things, you're going to have to learn to execute when you don't fucking feel like it. And there's no other way around it, dude. It's just the way it is. You're fucking torturing yourself by watching people who are lying about their lives and then also at the same time not investing in yourself to have the skill set that you actually need to win. Fuck it, bro. Go do live hard. Write me in a year and tell me how your fucking life changed. It'll fix all your shit when it comes to this. I love it, man. I fucking love it. Well, guys, that's why I give the program away for free, bro. That's why I give it to you for free. So you can go build yourself and understand what the fuck you're lacking. Nobody, nobody that's done anything that you think is great has ever been motivated the whole time. In fact, most of the shit that's been created over the history of mankind, all the shit you admire, all the buildings, all the accomplishments, all the championships, all the greatness, all the great books, all the great leaders, fucking everything, all the great technology that you use every single day was created by people who didn't fucking feel like it. They were tired. They weren't motivated. The world was created by people like that. So stop expecting to feel good about what it is you're trying to do and start investing in the skill set of being able to push through when conditions are not ideal. That is the only way you will succeed long-term, brother. The only way. You might think I'm being harsh on you, but I'm telling you the real fucking truth that'll fix your fucking shit. Or you can go listen to all these idealist clowns that have built a big podcast, but no fucking fruits of the labor to show for it. I keep it real here. It's not called fucking ideal as fuck. Or feel good as fuck. It's called real as fuck. And this shit is the truth. If you can't operate when you don't fucking feel like it, bro, you ain't got a chance in fucking hell of getting where you want to go. Love it, man. Well, guys, Andy, that was three. 
Go pay fee. On the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed.